Hi, it's Allison McGee, your host. Late in the morning, having just gotten off the phone with my brother. Whenever brother calls, I expect to hear wind and the sounds of outdoors, along with the crunch, crunch, crunch of his feet. Brother and I, that's what I call him, brother, just like he calls me sister, are both big-time walkers. But brother, as a man who likes to take things to the extreme, has recently started upping his walking game. He'll walk from his house in South Minneapolis to the state capitol in St. Paul and back, a round trip of, I don't know, 30 miles? Today he kept cutting in and out as he wound his way around Lake Nokomis near the Mississippi River. And when I hung up, I thought of another man I used to know, or kind of know, a fellow walker. The man I used to know, I didn't really know, only by sight, and only because every time I was out tromping around the lakes, I would see him. I used to call him Walking Man in my mind. When I first noticed Walking Man, I was in my 20s, and he probably wasn't much older, maybe 10 years. The, the, the differences between us were that he never stopped walking. Literally, I, I never saw him sit down. Walking Man was strong and lean and handsome, and he usually wore a tan jacket and sturdy brown lace-up shoes, like Timberland-type shoes, although they were not Tim's. Instinctively, I knew that Walking Man didn't live by the typical parameters that most people do. He always had a faraway look in his brown eyes, and he never met my eyes, and he never said hi. He walked fast and measured, and he never sat down. His body was made to walk, maybe to stitch him down to the earth. And when I ran into him around the paths, I used to try to imagine where he went when the sun was gone. Tried to imagine him at a table, eating, or stretched out on a bed or a couch, sleeping. I never could. No images of walking man at rest ever conjured themselves in my mind. And then there came a stretch of years when I didn't see him, and I wondered about him. A few years ago, for the first time in a long time, I saw him, or I thought it was him. I thought it might be him. Anyway, there was a man ahead of me on the path with a rocking sort of gait, longish hair, a long, tan, kind of rumpled winter jacket, brown boots. I sped up a little bit so I could be next to him or close enough to look at him. And yeah, I was walking man. His legs had grown very bowed and you could tell that walking was not easy for him anymore. But there he was. A few days later, I was out with one of my daughters and I saw a walking man sitting on a bench. This was something I had never seen before. Walking man? Sitting? He didn't look unhappy. He had never looked unhappy. And for the first time I could remember, he looked up when I said hi, 
and met my eyes. Hello, he said, and then we passed on by. My daughter knew about Walking Man. I talked about him over the years, and I guess she figured out that must be who he was. She touched my arm and said, Mom, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay, I said, but she knew how I felt, how Walking Man had always been a part of my walker lore, and now he was on the bench. When I read this poem by Philip Terman, I thought of Walking Man. I haven't caught sight of him for a long time now. Walking to Jerusalem by Philip Terman Pedometer attached to her belt, your mother, spry and strong, is 80, joins the other Methodist church members in calculating the 5,915 miles, no matter the weather, to add up all the way from Linesville, Pennsylvania, to Jerusalem. They need not worry about miracles or pausing at the signs of the cross. They need not stop for security to check their purses for weapons. They need no vice nor baggage, no money to exchange for shekels, no guidebook, no guide. They need no ancient tongue or prophecies. They are, simply, day by day walking, mile after mile. The sink to the table, uptown to the post office, down the block to visit the sick neighbor, Sundays to and from church, and when they walk far enough, adding up their pedometers together, they will arrive in Jerusalem and keep walking. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, please spread the word by sending the link to someone else who might like it. And if you can figure out how to give us a good rating, please do so. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music composed and performed by Kelly Krebs. Today's poem, Walking to Jerusalem, is by Philip Terman and was read by Luke O'Brien. The poem originally appeared in Our Portion, New and Selected Poems, published by Autumn House Press, and was read with kind permission of the poet. For more information about Philip Terman, and to read more of his lovely poems, please check out his website, philip, P-H-I-L-I-P, Terman, T-E-R-M-A-N, dot com. Words by Winter is created and hosted and written and produced and everything by me. Writer Allison McGee, tell me what you're going through, what uncertainties or troubles you're dealing with, and I'll go in search of a poem to help you through, to help us all through, the way that poems have been helping me ever since I was a little girl. Sometimes life feels too hard, too intense, too much, and if that's where you are, whoever or wherever you are, you can send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com, or just drop me a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more info, go to alisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter 
conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life because it's rough out there and we have to help each other through.